Right then, we're going to look at some verses of scripture together. We're thinking about the amazing Jesus that we follow in his resurrection life and power. And it's been said, you might have heard it said before, that Jesus Christ ruined every funeral that he went to, including his own. Have you heard that said before? And so when it comes to death, it doesn't do very well around Jesus. That's good news. When things are dead and Jesus is nearby, it's not good news for death. That's why the Apostle Paul could write in 1 Corinthians 15, Where, O death, is your sting? Where, O death, is your victory? Where is it? It's gone. It's been defeated. It's been overturned. As the angels said to the women that came to the tomb on that morning, wondering, where is Jesus? I came expecting death. I came to a place of death. They looked in the tomb. He wasn't there. Where is death? They were asking. Where is this body of death? And the angels said, he is not here. He is risen. Amen. And so every funeral that Jesus goes to, anything could happen. Wherever there is death around, you don't know what Jesus is going to do. So Luke 7 Jesus turns up at a funeral procession and there's crying going on. What happens? He raises the widow's son up from the death, uh, and, uh, up from the dead. And he says, don't cry anymore. Resurrection life comes. Mark 5 in the New Testament. Jarius, who was a synagogue ruler, his daughter uh, was about to die. And by the time Jesus gets there, she's already dead. And the people say, don't bother to come. Don't bother Jesus anymore. It's too late. But when Jesus gets there, it's not too late because it's death and Jesus has come into the room. Resurrection power. She's raised up from the dead. John, John 11, which we're going to look at a few verses from, the story of Lazarus. Jesus again arrives there late. Or was he late? But he arrives there too late after the death. But Jesus comes in and he's told, no, don't, roll, don't get the, the stone rolled away because the body's been in there for four days. It smells. You're too late. But Jesus says, roll it away. And with that, the smell is rolled away. Resurrection life comes into the tomb and Lazarus comes out. And so this is true for everyone. I just want to underline what's true for all of us what's true just for Jesus and what our response should be in the light of that. So what's true for everyone? What's true for everyone is that all of us have experienced death already, even though we've not actually passed through the grave. The Bible says that all of us, in Ephesians 2 verse 1, are dead. It's, it describes us as being dead in our sins and in our transgressions. And so this means that all of those things that were happening at those, some of those funerals or death situations I mentioned are true in our lives as well. So first of all, the first one I mentioned, there was crying going on, the widow's son. There was a lot of crying going on as the funeral procession was taking place. And so crying is a sign of death. And so you might be alive today, but there could be crying in your life. And if you've been alive, all of us have cried at one point, haven't we? Even if you've not cried for years, there might be some people here who you think, no, I don't cry much. I bet you cried when you were a baby. 
when you were a child. Probably most cried then and probably most have cried at different points throughout their life. So crying is a sign of what? Loss, grief, pain in some kind of way, sadness, regret, depression. Is this ringing any bells with anyone? This is death. This is what the Bible means. When it says you're dead in your sins and transgression, this is what sins and transgressions lead to. So Jesus turns up at the funeral procession and instead of crying, he starts to bring joy. The second story that I mentioned, Jarius's uh, daughter... They say, don't bother coming. Don't bother Jesus any longer. It's too late. She's already dead. And so it could be that one of the signs of death in our lives, something that affects all of us, is this phrase, you're not worth bothering with. You're not worth bothering with. Don't bother Jesus. So perhaps some of you have even had that said in school reports. Or you've had that said by a parent or a friend. Maybe you've spoken that over yourself. I'm not really worth bothering with because of what I'm like. If people knew what I was really like, imposter syndrome, they wouldn't want to know me. I always feel like the real me is buried inside and I'm having to project something on the outside all the time. I'm, I'm hopeless. If you're not worth bothering with, that means it's the end. There's no point bothering with you it's futile, it's come to its bitter end, it's hopeless, and so there's nowhere else you can go. But Jesus comes into that situation of death, and what does he do? He bothers. He says, no, no, that may be the situation. Everyone else is saying, do not bother, but I'm arriving. What happens? Resurrection life comes in. And then in the third story, Lazarus they say, don't touch him, don't roll, don't roll the stone away. Why? Because he's been there for four days, he smells. And so one of the other realities of death is a bad smell. And some of you here probably think you smell quite nice. Maybe you do, have a little sniff of the person next to you. Don't get too close if you're not related to them. That could be weird. But this morning, I bet a lot, a lot, a lot of us, probably 99.9% of us, hopefully, put a bit of deodorant on, maybe used a bit of soap, or you might have used some aftershave or perfume. Maybe you haven't even had a bath or shower. We won't judge you, that's fine, but you probably put something on to mask it. And so all of us know that we have to cover up because we will smell, won't we? We will smell, and so on the outside we smell, but on the inside, one of the effects of being dead in your transgressions and sins means that we stink on the inside. I'm sorry, I don't mean to offend anyone, but what we're talking about going on inside of us, a bad smell is connected to sin. The Bible says in the book of Romans, it says the wages of sin is death. And so all of us are heading towards death, but there's already a decay that is taking place inside of us. And so sin, this death and decay, is connected to guilt, it's connected to shame, it's connected to things that go on in our hearts and minds that if we're all honest, we know are there, whether we're a Christian or not, they still creep in. Anger, anxiety, lust, worry, Bitterness, we could go on through a list. This stuff, according to the Bible, stinks. It says it stinks. It's a bad smell. But Jesus, when he turns up, 
in a situation where there's been a smell going on for days. And some of us have had a smell that's been going on maybe for years. But the good news is that Jesus comes in, he rolls away the stone, and then resurrection life comes. The smell is cleaned up, the smell is taken away, and there's something fresh that comes into our life. And so this is true for everyone. This is the situation, the condition of the whole world. But there's something that's only true for one person, and that's Jesus. So there's the many, and there's the one. And when we turn to the one, Jesus, him, the one saviour, Messiah, the one rescue, and we look to him, none of those things are true. He experienced them. The Bible says that God became man. He sent his one and only son, so that whoever looks to him and believes in him should not die and experience that death, that final death, but should experience eternal resurrection life. So the only one whose condition was was not a stench, the only one who was really worth bothering with because he was not a lost cause, he was perfect and pure in in every way, the one that, that, that really never deserved to cry and to weep and to experience pain, went through all of those things. And it even says that on the cross, he who knew no sin became sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. How amazing is that? So we have the many and we have the one, and there's a divine exchange that has taken place. And in John 11, this is what Jesus says, at at, at the side of the tomb before Lazarus is about to come out, and he says to Lazarus' sisters, he says, I am the resurrection and the life. I'm the resurrection and the life. No one else, don't look to the many, don't look to yourself. I'm the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. And then he asked the question, do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she replied. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who is to come into the world. And so this is the question that God asks all of us today. Do you believe this? Do you believe this? We need to respond to that today. So the one person, the one singular person in all of history for whom this death and this crying and this do not bothering does not really apply to, took all that onto us in order that he could say, I'm the resurrection and the life. In the midst of taking all of that onto him and becoming that and dwelling amongst us in this world, that's where the resurrection power began. It didn't begin from far away and kind of just drops on us from a distance. It's not like God just said it and it happened because so God didn't really have to be involved or get tarnished by it in any way. He came right into the midst of all this crying and not bothering and stinky stench and our sin. And in that very dark place he said I'm the resurrection and the life it was like a light going off in the middle of darkness suddenly the many that everyone can see in the distance there's a light in the distance who is that where is that it's Jesus Christ saying I'm the resurrection and the life if you come to me you will not die in this place I will lift you out from here 
And on Easter Sunday, that's what we look at. We look at the reality of that, the fulfillment of that. We look at Jesus showing the way, going right through and coming out the other side so that the angels say, he's not here, he's risen. And you can follow him into that place. Amen. Ephesians 2, while you were dead in your sins and transgressions, he made us alive in Christ. By grace, you have been saved. So it's free of charge to us. It costs Jesus everything. And it's free of charge to us. But you do have to give your life for it. So it's not like we pay for it or we can earn it. But we have to give of ourselves. We have to participate in that divine exchange. Have you done that? And if you're here today, you might be visiting it might be you're a friend or a family member or you've just been coming for a few weeks. That question that Jesus asked at the tomb of Lazarus, do you believe in me? Do you believe this? Can you give the same response as Mary gave? Yes, Lord, I do believe. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God. Is that your response? Because Jesus today can come in and he can wipe away those tears. He can start to bring that resurrection life in today, bit by bit. It's a process. It's a work of God that starts now and goes on to the moment when we pass through death like he did and into a place where finally every tear is wiped away. He's the one that will make something of you where maybe you've messed it up and maybe you're not worth bothering with in the world's eyes, or you don't think you are, he comes to you today and he says, you are worth bothering. I can make something out of something that has come to an end and bring resurrection life. He'll clean you up. He'll roll away the stones in your life that are crushing out the life. He'll give you life instead of death, light instead of darkness, and a wedding feast to come instead of a funeral, because Jesus messes up every funeral that he goes to. So today, make that decision. And we're going to be hearing numbers of young people that have made that decision today in a few minutes' time as they go through the waters of baptism. And this is something you have to do. So a personal response is you have to decide, yes, I want this. And then the next step is to be Baptize. That's why we're baptizing people. So this is the sign that someone has said yes. So I'd say to you, do you believe be baptized? Because it's linked together. The baptism won't save you if you haven't said I believe. But if you said I believe, then you'll be baptized. And so it says in Romans 6, 3 to 4, it says, don't you know that all of us those of us that have said yes, it's talking about, were baptised into Christ Jesus, into his death. And we were therefore buried with him, going down into the water through baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. So we're brought up to live that new life. So when we see our, our friends and family members going down into the water, they're being baptised into Christ, into Jesus Christ, into this amazing resurrection and this death that we've spoken about. So you, we share, as it were, spiritually in his death. Everything is taken down with him, on him, all the punishment, all the consequences into him. And they come up out of the water into this new life. Resurrection life starts now, today. 
And it goes on and on and on, so that they may live for the glory of the Father. It's an amazing picture. And so have you been baptised? It might be today you haven't, but you can. You might think, well, I haven't got the right clothes. It's fine, we've got clothes for you. They might not fit exactly, but it's only going to be five minutes. And so if you've not taken this step, don't think of it as just an option Don't think of it as something that only serious Christians do. There isn't such thing as a non-serious Christian. You know, we all have to say to ourselves, come on, I've got to be serious about following Jesus every day. So what's holding you back? You've got to make a decision. He made a decision for you and followed it through. We make a decision for him and follow it through. Amen? We're going to be stirred with these testimonies today. So we're going to close down. Maybe we can, can we sing the song that we started with as we're going out? Have you got power and energy for that? Um, So we're we're going to end on on a high, as it were, and then we're going to make our way out to the baptism pool, which is down the corridor left, uh, all the way into the main reception area, and then left out of the doors. And we're going to listen and celebrate then. But today, we'd love you to respond. Love for you to respond. As we are singing, you can respond. You may be a believer, and it might be today you've got to reach out to him for resurrection power. If you're crying, for whatever reason, if you are hearing that voice you're not worth bothering with, or if you know that there's something of sin, the smell of sin that has started to grip you again, come to Jesus today, yeah? Because he can clean you up today. You haven't got to go through a big process. If you're a believer, come to him, the Bible says, and he can wash you. He can like wash your feet again and put you back in a close place with him. How amazing is that? But if you've not responded to Jesus, then I'm going to pray now. And perhaps you can join me in your heart. And this is a moment for you to say yes. And if you pray, if you respond, let me know. And I can talk to you about what's next all right it's really important that we we let others know it's not just a personal private thing don't tell anyone it's something where we need to share with others and allow others to come alongside us and encourage us so let's pray for a moment lord i thank you for resurrection power thank you that death has lost its victory death has lost its sting thank you jesus that you've come in and you've brought resurrection power in in actual funerals that you went to you raised the dead where you turned up and there were dead bodies you 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 raised them to new life and so lord i thank you that you can wash away the tears that you can bring hope where there's hopelessness. Thank you that you bothered. Thank you, Jesus, that you wash away the the bad smell of sin in our lives and you replace it. We no longer have to cover it up with other stuff. You come and clean us up from the inside. And so, Lord, I just want to pray now for your grace and for any that need to respond today, may they know your touch. So just pray after me if you know you need to respond to him and you've not done that before. Lord Jesus Christ, I come to you today knowing that you are the resurrection and the life. And I say to you, like Mary said, yes, Lord, I believe. I believe that you are the Messiah. I believe that you are the Son of God who has come into the world to save and rescue me. I ask you to come into my life right now 
to cleanse me, to bring me hope, and to bring me new life. I ask you for the Holy Spirit to fill me and help me. I give to you all of the things I've done wrong, all of my sin. I want to turn for it from it. I don't want it anymore, Lord. Forgive me. Cleanse me and make me new. In your name I ask. Amen. Amen. So if you've prayed this morning, if you responded in any way, please let me know. I'd love to chat with you. But we're going to worship. We're going to celebrate this good news, this resurrection power, before we go and and, uh, join in with the baptism. So let's stand together. Let's worship.